0: Okay, we're back. We have an excellent special guest, and actually, we have an entire full house. we got all four of us, plus Matt's brother-in-law, we decided, not stepbrother, right? <laughs> Lyle Greesmer. Chris Greesmer, right? Yes. Awesome. Dude, I'm so happy to have you. We got this started because we were at Matt's wedding dinner, and we're both pretty deep into a bottle. I was drinking Merlot. I don't know what you were drinking, but the food was fantastic and we were talking about it. I think I brought it up or someone brought it up and we got to it. And then last week, Matt was like, hey, um, how about we have my brother-in-law on? And I was like, dude, I totally forgot. That is such a good idea. And so I straight up cold DM'd you yesterday and we just got it scheduled and I'm thrilled you're here. So you work in marketing for a large, call it, Retail food distributor, grocery industry. Uh, we decided we're not going to talk about that uh, unless you want to. But either way, we have two marketing people on here, and I figured it would just be a whole lot of fun to get rolling on that. But either way, I'm really happy you're here. Cheers. Cheers. Sorry, I caught you off guard there. You didn't have it in your hand. <laughs> okay, quick fix. Either way, so I think this is a lot of fun. What are the things that you guys working on nowadays like what are the big conversations that are being had in your industry for what you do overarching because media is like media is such a weird thing and everyone has instagram so they all get ads sent to them and it's i don't know i don't know how to phrase the question properly so maybe you can help me
1: i would say the biggest thing right now is ai yeah hands down
0: it's like across uh, the board though. is
1: is ai what is ai how we're going to use it, uh, how it's going to be integrated into what we do today. What, you know, it's just a lot of questions and it's moving so quick.
2: Yeah.
3: Have you decided how you're going to use AI or?
1: Uh, we're, we're in the infancy of, of that right now. Um, it, there's a lot of different AI tools and really AI is just a buzzword um, and AI has existed for a lot of years, Um, especially when you think about, you know, the the metas of the the world, right? So you always think about, oh, just let the platform optimize to what um, performs the best. That's AI. So AI has existed for a long time. Um, I think the kind of what really kind of like blew it up and kind of made it into a buzzword was uh, coming out and like really making it more streamlined and available to a lot more people, um, and more tangible to a lot more people. But in terms of the kind of like how we're using it today is, is really just more so on like those platform specific, um, AI tools. Um, but then also like dynamic creative optimization and, and DCO and, and things like that, um, but then we're, we're also like exploring different ways we can you know, leverage generative AI, which is, you know, making images out of, you know, thin air, just with with AI. So, I don't know, AI, when you say AI, it can mean a
3: hundred things. Right. So like, for me as a marketer, we use AI, like ChatGPT to write captions. Um, we like Instagram or Facebook captions, and then we use, um, AI to like create images and then also alter images, um you know, we want like a flagpole in the picture, like tell AI, and they'll put a flagpole in the picture, simple stuff like that. Um, And then also, like you were saying, like optimizing ads, like a lot of times, like I'll have like the AI, like, tell me what dynamic creative I should use for my Facebook ads, Um, but that's been a thing for a while for Facebook, at least so. We use like all different like marketing facets. I was just curious if there's one specific for you that you work with that you like, like, don't like, wish was different. Because we talk a lot about broad AI, but like we never really talk about what exactly it means. Like you were saying, it's a buzzword.
1: So yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of hard right now because I think everyone's trying to get in on it, and there's a ton of different tools that companies can leverage and. You know it it really depends on the scale of the company and what what you are trying to do because the bigger the company the more red tape you have the more uh teams that are involved the more bodies that you know you have to get a, a buy-in from and you know it i think there's a lot of processes when you get to those those of companies that kind of need to be re rework to, uh, enable some of the automation that AI provides right. when you're a smaller, smaller company where, you know, a team of just a few folks, like, I think there's, there's a lot of like AI tools, like within, uh, the Google platform that they just announced in Google marketing live. Right. So there's, there's in and, and meta that they just announced as well. So where you can just like literally just upload like a product image on a white background and just say make it a speech scene with some peaches in the background and then it, within the yes. ad platform itself, just kind of like generates it and it's all royalty free. Yeah. Um, but when you're thinking about like brand safety and like big, big brands where if you make an uh-oh, it's like a big fucking deal, yeah. um, there's a lot more hesitation around right. using some of those smaller tools.
3: And you think because like AI has like kind of like a negative connotation, it's like harder to convince like bigger brands that are, are worried about the oopsies, you know what I mean? To like, utilize it as a tool versus like, kind of see it as the enemy, maybe.
1: Mm. Like I just, uh, I had the privilege of going to Google marketing live, um, last week and one of their biggest headlines was that you're not competing with AI. You're competing with other marketers who are using AI. Um, AI is not going away. It is, you know, the the future, right? So it's just a matter of who is going to embrace it the right way and Mm -hmm. be, you know, have that first mover advantage.
3: Interesting. I personally knew about like Google Marketing Live, and like some of their AI stuff. They're coming out along with Microsoft Teams, they're doing something else similar. Um, Mm -hmm. But so you went to like, what, like a convention or like a forum? Or did you like, just like watch like a seminar for
1: Google. It was. I uh, actually was uh, able to to fly out there, so uh, flew out there uh, last week to to California and got to see the Google campus, which is really really cool. It's so um, cool. Um and like I I could talk for thirty minutes about brag cool about it. Campus. No, that's
3: what I want to hear
1: about. Do it. Uh, okay. Okay. So you we arrived. So at Google Marketing Live, you have to be, you know, certain, you know, spend threshold, um, to be invited. And it's a free event, so you can't even like buy your way in. Right. Yeah. So, um, you, with, um, you know, the company I work for, there was two tickets and just, you know, where, where I sat on the team, it just made sense for, for me to go, right. um, so I was able to, to go, you go and, you know, it's like, you know, boozy, super bougie, right? So you walk all, in and there's... That, that
3: type of thing is always bougie.
1: Yeah, it's like very smooth fest, which is, you know, <laughs> like whatever, you know, <laughs> but you, you arrive and they, they cater breakfast and it's like, you know, a big networking events and then they have like the main e-notes where you all kind of shuffle into a big um, auditorium and uh, the, you know, whatever's at the you know, Google universe kind of talk about the new product launches and, and everything, which is like the stream that like everyone watches worldwide, which is yeah. kind of cool and surreal to kind of be in the audience for that. Um, it was, uh, really cool and, you know, unsurprising based on like, even what I, I just said, like the main focus was around the AI tools uh, that they were launching. So like new AdWords, um, uh, capabilities where either integrating like a chat bot within, you know, text ads with, with search. So you just kind of like say, give me some keywords that talk about, you know, grocery stores, and then it'll just spit out a bunch of different options. And then you can, you know, it says chat, GCC, and Bard or whatever, uh, integrated with, within that, um, and then also like their generative AI tool and, and things like that. So they like did all their product announcements there. And then, um, after that, uh, we had separate like breakout sessions. So they had all like, you know, 20 different like subjects you could sign up for. loves
3: their breakout se- sessions. I'm sorry. They love that.
1: <laughs> love. Them. Yeah. So they, um, they called them round tables, um, and they, So there was all these different like subjects you could sign up for. So I ended up signing up for, um, video ads, marketing, and then also Performance Max, um, um, Creative with Performance Max. I can't remember exactly what they called it, but there was like tons of different ones you could sign up for. Um, it was really like intimate setting of, you know, 12-ish other marketers, of any other industry in the world. that, that was there and some, some Google reps around the, that specific product that like actually work on that product. So you are able to hear like the perspective of all these different industries and how they, they use the product, what they like, don't like about it, and then basically have a direct line to the folks that are actually like in charge of making the product really good, um, to provide that feedback and kind of hear their, their solutions and what, what you can kind of come back with. Um, and then that so we had, uh, those, those were all throughout the day. It was, it was only a one day event. And then afterwards they had, uh, Gwen Stefani uh, come nice. and, uh, a yes, so, yeah, private, uh, concert, uh, so um, it was, it was really insane because it was nothing like any other concert I've ever been to because it was so fun. out there singing, you know, it's bananas and everyone's just like mm-hmm. Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> And it's just like everyone's trying to like I feel like if it was just like one company it would be a little bit different, but everyone's like, ooh I know this person, I know this person, you know, you can't just like yeah. let loose, right? Yeah. But But it was really cool regardless. Um but yeah. That was that's so that was cool exciting.
3: Well. I mean like honestly that sounds Way more fun than the can I just went to a convention in Vegas. We didn't have Gwen okay. Stefani. But I know exactly what you're talking about. When like you're all in like a crowd of like young professionals and you're all here because like kinda have to be. Like they say they promote this party. Gwen Stefani was not it, <laughs> obviously. But we all went and we were all just kind of standing there staring at each other. But the bar we had an open bar. In fact, they had like yeah. 10 open bars. And my industry is predominantly older. I don't know if you feel the same way, but, um, me and my coworker were definitely the youngest people there. So we, we, we busted a move, um, <laughs> which was embarrassing, but also like, I feel like it loosened it up a little. So I do think we like reached the path of chilling out, but I'm sorry, Gwen Stebani I wouldn't be able to keep
1: it together. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, they definitely had an open bar and it was like food, and, Epcot's food and wine festival out there. They had little like stations of of all the different like, you know, cuisines that, that you can ever think of, and you know, open bar with everything. Um, and I would say like, in terms of like the age group that was there, it was it was a really good mix, I would say, probably skewed closer towards upper 30s, lower 40s, if I, I, I had to guess. Um, but I did see a couple of, like, younger folks, like, on, on my end of the spectrum there as well. But also some, some older folks. So it was, it was a little bit more mixed. I yeah. will say at that, that um, conference, because it's kind of so exclusive, it kind of had a lot of the more important, important. people. Uh, the, the people that don't actually do the things yeah. um, there. Um, so I was kind of, like... Uh, different in that sense. Cause I'm the one actually doing the things, but, um,
3: yeah, so that, I, I would
1: say it was a good mix
3: Is that like your main like role? I'm sorry if I'm ostracizing any questions anybody else has.
0: No, you're doing great.
3: <laughs> um, sorry, John. So oh. is that like your main role, like just Google or like Google, like placements, Google analytics, AdWords, like what's, if you don't yeah, mind me So
1: out. Yeah, no, you're fine. So my, uh. Job is performance media manager. Um, so I, we have an agency that does all the the you know clicking and getting the ad groups and ad sets and everything kind of trafficked out. Um, but where my job really comes into play is making sure our media is is performing how it's supposed to be, um, mainly on the the creative side. Okay. Because when you're, when you're thinking about, um, you know, media and digital media, a lot of people just kind of default to optimizations, audiences and, and things like that. But that's like one slice of the pie, right? So you can have some really freaking good creative in Facebook and that helps drive performance versus just throwing out like some really gross stock photography that's like obviously stock photography So my job is to really understand the platform optimizations, the best practices, and working with like our internal creative studio and external creative teams to make sure they're, um, you know, in the know of the current um, deliverable or the current best practices. Trends and own, yeah, trends and all that kind of good stuff. And then actually, are, is the one that's kind of helping, working with like our brand teams to ultimately refend the the uh, studio folks of delivering all the different assets that that we we have, which is you know thousands every time we we do a refresh.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and just making sure you know we don't have creative fatigue out there. So that's like a big big thing. So if you have creative out there for months and months on end, your performance is going to drop because yeah. you're hitting the same people with the same creative your over and over and over. Yeah. So it's about, you know, making sure we have the appropriate refresh cadence out there, um, and just monitoring performance and making sure we have the right ad units and, and all that kind of good stuff.
3: That's like crazy. It's crazy to me that like, that could be like, you' that is like, I'm not saying that's like your only job, but I'm saying like, that is like something you focus on. Cause like as like I, I've mentioned on this podcast, I work for an agency. Like I have to be doing that and also making the creative.
1: And well, I, I, I completely feel you, and that's where I was in my previous company. I worked at uh, South Eastern Grocers um, in in Windixie, um, and was in their marketing team and on their brand team, and I had like you know. 20 different hats. Um, I did media, I did production, I did trafficking. Uh, um, and we're doing all of those different things. As and, You know, I was even a copywriter, you know? Like, you think about back, You when you go into like a huge company and realize like everyone has one hat and you look back and you're like, oh my God, I had 20 hats. And in order to like get anything out the door, I had had you had you had to do it um yeah. it's, it's it's wild it's absolutely wild
3: from like a career perspective and chelsea i know you have a question and then after that i'll let you answer, ask a question um because i can see her she's got something in her brain um from like a career perspective like i personally wear so many hats and i feel like at this point i'm like learning everything a little bit but little bit but sometimes i feel like like i'm i'm like a like a jack of all trades but like a master of none you know what i mean mm. do you feel like the the like base you built like wearing that many hats like helped you like find where you wanted to be or do you feel like it was just like you never actually figured it out now you're in like a role and you're like do i like this yes i could do this though too or do you just feel yeah. bored like i'm worried it no
1: had- yeah yeah so uh, really really good question so um, I was scared to death I would get bored, um, because you know you go from a mile a minute to, you know, essentially being stuck in first gear uh, yeah. when you're looking at it relatively. Um, I would say becoming a jack of all trades early in your career is a extremely rare thing and extremely um, hopeful thing for your career because a, you understand the context of what goes into every single task that goes to making an ad go live. So that helps you prioritize, understand what goes into it. Um, and it also helps you honestly, you know, call people out on their bullshit of how long it takes for them to do something. Um, but it also allows you to essentially know what you really love about your job versus what you do. Um, so like I found my previous role was very much heavy in the traditional media space. Um, it was very much in the, um, creative brand space where I was thinking of, like making a decision of, you know, whether or not something was the color red versus the color blue. I knew that I did not want to do that. Um, I really loved the media space, but knew that traditional was, um, traditional not going away, but it's not expanding like digital is. And there's not as as many sexy things uh, about it.
3: That was fun. So
1: my, my strength wasn't digital media, but I knew that's where I wanted to go. Um, but you know, based on my past experiences in, in brands, in the grocery industry, I was able to ultimately apply for a more digitally focused role. Yeah. Um, but because I had that past experience and that, that knowledge and that context, um, I was able to, to land the role that I'm in today. I'm um, you know, learning something new every single day. Um, that's been great. And you like it? Uh, I love it. Okay.
3: Cause I, I mean, like sometimes I struggle with like and the, like sometimes I, this is so out of pocket but like grocery stores is like a niche like thing i have like the majority of my business comes from car wash clients which is such a niche thing and so now i know way too much about the car wash industry that i feel like that's basically useless everywhere else um unless yeah. i like move to a different car wash marketing agency i guess and there are others out there um we don't only do car wash marketing, just to clarify, so I don't sound like a loser. <laughs> um, but we do, we do like a bulk, bulk of that. Um, and then a lot of local clients, you know, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah of course. Um, I feel like I'm learning like the, the base of things, but because it's so niche that like, I, I, I don't know if I would be able to adapt that to a different industry almost. And I guess, cause you transition from grocery to grocery, like you, they probably took more value in that than if you were like just doing generic marketing, um, so you stayed in the industry, but is there something about like grocery, like advertising or marketing that just like, like gets you there, or are you just like, now you're like, I know it. So it's like, I love it. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I, before I answer that, like, I would say in terms of someone who's wanting to go from the the agency world to like more of a corporate world, role and being like more, um, specific. The vast majority of the folks that we hire on our media team are from the an agency background. So yeah. it's less about knowing the industry and more about knowing your fit and being able to just basically understand the, the strategy and how things and why things are done the, the way they are, um, and to help kind of challenge the, the status quo. Okay. and not necessarily about the industry itself.
3: I oh, um, a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: to answer your question, um, I've always worked in the grocery industry. My first job was a cashier at, at Winn-Dixie. Um, I worked at the store level, worked my way up to store level while getting my marketing degree um, and worked there for six years. And then when I graduated, um, applied for a job at the corporate office and um, didn't get it. And then, uh, applied for another role, didn't get it. Uh, and then applied fine. Uh, at that point, like started like talking to the recruiter there and he's like, I have this perfect position for you. You know, and I was like at that point, fresh out of college, I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. Um, but. You know, at that point, and I was living in Orlando, um, and a little bit of Tampa at the time. So it was like three hour drive to. Jack. And that was before, you know, the days of remote, um, interviewing. So like you had to drive there, uh, for these interviews. So at that point I was like exhausted <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at
2: interviewing
1: and then, um, I, I was able to land a role as a, uh, in-store marketing and design specialist. Um, so with my like store experience was able to, to land like a, a job that was kind of like branding, but mostly like around like in-store signage. Um, and was able to like, be exposed to a number of different kind of areas of the marketing team there, uh, was able to move over into brand later in my career. And then from there to the the media team. I Um, love the signs. uh, love the what? Your signs in the stores. Oh, I do love, I... The best thing I loved about that job is the fact that you were able to create what you, you do. So I, you know, concepted the, the concept. I worked with a print team, got it printed. And then the fact that you're able to go into store and actually like see what you made, like in yeah. real life, it's like really fucking cool. Yeah. And like today, like you don't get served your digital ads, right? Because you're not a market audience, you're already buying. Yeah. So it's it's not as, it's not as fun to kind of see it like organically out in the wild. It's okay, so um,
3: I it across a car wash and I'm like, I printed and made that, I made that sign. Yeah. It's so cheesy,
1: but I love it. Yeah,
3: it's, I love it. Yeah,
1: I, I definitely can, can relate to that. Yeah.
3: That's really cool. Were you doing, were you doing your own designs like InDesign or were you like outsourcing to an artist?
1: Uh, both. So we had like a, an internal, uh, creative team, um, that did more like production, um, uh, creative design. And then we, we had like an actual agency that kind of came up with the concept. So they would come up with a, in a parts, and then, you know, say, you know, things are supposed to be blue, it's supposed to be in this font, you know, this hierarchy, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I would work with the internal team to kind of build it out in all the different like size formats. And. Yeah, like that
3: we um i mean my background is exclusively i got hired to the job i have now for production and i was originally a production assistant i was just like giving edits to our graphics department like oh move this over whatever um and then i became production director and then when our social media director left us um i absorbed her role so now i'm like marketing vp or something hey, like that <laughs> whatever that means is that the worst so I mean, I knew there was no way I could be production director and not like take care of some social media. So I was always wearing multiple hats, but like it was never like a part of my official job. But now it is. So, you know, I like definitely love the part of marketing that is creating something and like having that creative like input and like seeing it out in the wild. So I'm on, I feel like we relate heavily on that
1: topic. But... Yeah. I, I will say I was really nervous when I came to careers and, and moved to new company because I thought it was going to be very like data heavy, you know, coming from a creative background, it was going to be like very data heavy, very like in the weeds of uh, the, you know, okay. Facebook ad manager and all that kind of crap. Whereas really what the role turned out to be is is still very much in the creative space. I'm just not the one that A has the final say and B is the one kind of clicking the buttons. So, you know, we we work with the the brand teams to, you know, stay within brand guidelines, but I still have that creative outlet to be able to say, oh, well, you know, if we do a a, a Facebook carousel ad, like let's have the the tiles build off of one another, like, I thought we did this, like, it would be really cool if we did that, and the brand team's like, oh, yeah, okay, sure.
3: Yeah. Um, The ideas, almost.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Cool. Cause we, I mean, I am in the weeds on the ads manager,
1: so. I I don't envy you. My my wife uh, in her previous uh, job was, um, did like my role, plus it was all in house. So they like created the ads and actually like um, was in Facebook ad manager and stuff. And (laughs) almost every single day, she's like, I hate Facebook ad manager.
3: Nobody, nobody likes Facebook. There's not a soul I've met that actually likes Facebook. Before when you were when you were like getting on this meeting with us, the so rage got words. I was shitting <laughs> on was the, the DMs I was showing were to Mark Zuckerberg. I like hate him. <laughs> whenever, whenever I have an issue with Facebook, right. I DM him like my rage, like <laughs> upsetness. Um, he's like number one on my list of people that if I could punch them in the face and get away with it, he's number one. So has he
4: ever gotten back to you?
3: <laughs> no. no. If Mark Zuckerberg got back to me, you all would be the first to know. I,
0: I would. I would be so happy. I'd be like, you. You've proved that being really annoying just it works. It really works.
3: I feel like it's well. I it has to work because I, I do end up getting my Facebook problems solved by being annoying as hell. Does it take a lot of time and effort? And do I lose my dignity? One hundred percent. But. I do I do it's like a puzzle and I do love solving puzzles. It's just a really frustrating stupid, dumb idiot puzzle I hate. Well that
1: that's that's corporate America for you. It's like no one cares until you're so annoying that they have to care.
3: Yep. Yeah, it's like solve my problem and it would be easier for you actually. Squeaky you
0: know? wheel gets the oil.
3: Yeah. It's
0: truly really Anyways, now
3: that now that we've nerded out about marketing her.
0: No, this is actually going exactly how I'd envisioned. I would like you to continue.
3: Yeah, well, I feel like Chelsea can relate heavily. She, I'm not, I think you just run like social media campaigns, right?
2: No, I do everything.
3: Yeah.
2: For your I entire do the website. Yeah, I do the website. I plan the events. I plan the trade shows. I plan the marketing campaigns. Although we do work with an agency, so like I don't have to do all of the graphics, they'll do like our machine graphics, and then I'll do all the other graphics for the rest of the month. Um, I do the video editing for all of our YouTube videos for three different profiles. I run 20 accounts right now in total, yeah. like just myself.
1: Gross. Just yourself?
2: Yeah, because, because. they have uh, South America and North America. And then within South America, we have it broken down between like Brazil, Colombia has a page, uh, Peru has a page, America home sewing and America industrial has a page, Latin America, social media. And then like everything's multiplied depending on like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Uh, we do have a Pinterest, which I don't actually make the post for I have an educator that she'll like make me projects and then that will go on Pinterest, I just have to do the posting and content writing for it. Yeah. Um, and I do have to edit her videos too, but that's fine.
1: Well, let me ask you this, if you left tomorrow, who knows what you do?
2: Oh, so I know exactly where I would go if I left my job. I'm in love with my job though. But like, if I left my job, I I mean,
1: mean... in terms of what you know, versus what, what's a contingency plan? Does anyone know what you do?
2: What do you mean? Like if you left, who would fill your, oh, no one. No, yeah, my boss would be the same.
3: I'm in the same spot to be completely honest with you.
2: So like our team is literally two people. It's me and my boss. Um, she does more of like the admin work, so she'll do the contracts, she works more closely with like the agency, she handles all the financials because I don't want my name on anything that's over 10 grand, and she handles like our travels and booking the hotels and all that stuff. Um, and she does most of the traveling because I only travel like once a month, she'll travel like twice, maybe more, and I hate traveling, so she'll kind of cover that aspect for me. Um, but I have like 30 hats and we just had another lady retire last week, which like, good for you, girl, but now I have to take your job. So that's going to be fun.
3: As long as they compensate you
2: for that shit. I am getting a raise so it's good. fine. i' Oh, yeah. good.
1: You need, like you
2: need a job. specialist under you. Yeah. You need an hopefully, intern. No, I was going to say, hopefully our plan is by next year, we're going to hire another person for marketing to give that person the industrial side because i think the industrial bit like b2b to me is so boring i hate b2b i would rather do b2c which like i would rather do business to customer and like do fun advertising and make really cool projects and videos than like hey buy our machine it's 200 grand don't ask me why
3: like sales yeah
2: yeah basically i hate sales it's like my least favorite thing my um, boss tried to put me in sales and I told him he was crazy and to never ask me again.
0: <laughs> sales yeah. is such a broad concept and I fight with it yeah. every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Technically I
2: would do very well. Technically I, I work in sales. But I and don't I
0: think
3: to, of it as sales. Yeah. I have to be good at it cuz like they my boss said marketing shows. Yeah. I am good at it. Like I will land a client. Like, I can do it. I'm I don't want to in- hate
0: it. Marketing is hate just it. sales, really hot younger cousin. That's all it is.
3: Yeah. I would say sales Basically, is marketing's
2: hot younger cousin, actually. Well,
0: it could Basically be. They're You're actually.
2: Because you can't have sales without marketing and you can't have marketing yeah. without sales.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But I'm sorry,
2: marketing is hotter. Marketing is hotter we are in a distinguished way. Like people, people want to meet the marketing girl, they don't want to meet the sales guy. No, 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 sales no. Sales is just young.
0: Unless they're handing out free stuff.
2: We're always we are, handing out free stuff. That's what marketing yeah. is. And we sometimes hand out free stuff. <laughs> Go to any trade show. You're going to leave with like 20 bags. Oh, don't oh, I yeah. know
0: it? Absolutely. No, that's my world too. It's always
2: the
0: bag. I, I I love nothing more than when a vendor comes to me thinking that I'm the one making the property management decisions. And I'm like, you know, I'll get you connected with our guy eventually. Um, what <laughs> is that? Donuts you're holding? Oh, I love Krispy Kreme. What are you
4: talking about? <laughs>
3: That's so funny. I deal with the opposite. I deal with like, they don't know I'm the decision maker. They think by the look of me that I actually have no sway. And so they're like weird. And I'm like, okay, well you messed that up. So,
0: Dude, I've made that mistake before. I've walked into a warehouse with my, what I'm trying to sell doing my thing. And usually it's an easy conversation. Hey, how are you looking for the manager? Direct me that way. We're building new stuff out here. It's going to be great. And then this like 19 year old looking girl's like, oh, that's actually me. I'm the CEO of this company. And I'm like, oh, I will never make that decision again. <laughs> yeah.
2: So now
0: I walk in and the first person I see, I go, hey, do you happen to be in charge around here? Best question.
2: <laughs> it's a good one.
0: It is because you just never know. There's so many yeah. unassuming CEOs.
2: My manager does not look like a manager. She looks like a 15-year-old <laughs> and people always assume I'm her boss. And I always have to be like, no, I no. I have no decisions without her.
0: I have the opposite problem. People think I know what I'm doing.
3: Hmm. That's because you're a one year dude. Yeah. Um
4: with a nice yeah. beard. Yeah. You look, you look. I think Lyle's got the better beard
1: though.
0: I think he does too.
1: Yeah. I recently trimmed it, but I would say Confidence is, is everything in toward, in terms of getting things across the, the board. Um, I completely agree that sexism is rampant in corporate America. Yeah. Um, so I agree.
3: Car wash industry is my niche. What do you think the dominance is?
2: <laughs> okay. Yes. Now, do you want to know what surprised me about my career? How many men are in sewing? it's disgusting
0: why is that disgusting i'm curious
2: because like i don't know i really assumed that when i was getting into this career like i would because i left another career because of how male dominant it was because it was just uncomfortable to the point where i would go to these networking events and it would be like one girl for every 20 guys and i was like that's disgusting and also the men were kind of gross in that career that i was in but I left and I found sewing and I like sewing so I was like that's cool I'll do this and I got so surprised because the first time I went to it also it changes the home sewing is actually dominantly women that are like 40 and up that's mainly who you're going to see working at these places but when you do industrial same thing you see in every other sales company it is a young 20 year old man 30 year old man 40 year old I'm like you guys are all men and then there's like that one girl that's a badass and I'm like Kick their ass, please. Our one of our lead salespeople is a woman, and I love her so much because every time we do the sales meeting, she's like, "Yeah, I hit a million this quarter," and we're like, "Of course he did." Like,
3: you're like bow down.
0: That's I'll well, bow down. That's a big conversation in our industry right now. Is everyone wants to hire a mid to mid twenties, early thirties, um, industrial commercial real estate broker that's a female because. What do all these old business owners want to talk to? They want to talk to me? No, they don't give a shit about me. But you go, hi, I'm Sarah with this, and I have this nice voice, and I sound young. Do you have any interest in selling your building? Well, I will say anything to keep you on the line, so keep talking to me. Like, literally anything. And it's the funniest it does,
3: thing. but, like, I struggle to make people take me seriously. Like There's I definitely don't... that. I did not get hired for my role because I'm a hot girl. I just happen to be a hot girl. She's confident. (laughs) Does it hinder me because I'm a hot girl? Yeah, I've definitely had it work in my favor. I've also had it... So backfire so hard. Silver, so that was my um, favorite
0: conversation I've had with you. And I was like, I, I can't remember what we were talking about, but you're like, it's just so hard being a hot young woman in my industry. And I was like, this girl has so much confidence.
3: The marketing industry, I think social media marketing specifically is a female dominant, for sure. Yeah. But when when my niche is so niche like car wash marketing and also i come john knows i come a little bit from a car background originally yeah. it always throws them when i know things and then that's when they start to like either regret the decision they've made to talk to me or they start taking me seriously and it's gone to the point where i can just tell when it flips you know like oh you only came over here to hit on me you're actually not interested in yeah. social media services or digital marketing services or me preaching about seo and business listings and all of those other buzzwords well
0: i think assumptions are rampant no matter what like every everyone makes an assumption based on you and
3: if i'm sitting in a booth at a convention somebody paid for me to be there at the end of the day i'm a professional like the assumption is that because i'm hot and i'm there i'm served up on a platter which is sexism The reality is that, like, nobody... Like, I wouldn't walk up to a hot dude at a booth and be like, oh, you're just here because you're hot. Like, that would never cross my mind. You're here to do a job. If someone's paying... If your boss is paying you to be uh, in a booth space, they're paying you to make sales. So don't come up to me and pretend, like, I'm hot is the only thing I have to offer. You know? Just don't come up to me. If you think I'm hot, I will be at the marketing event afterwards. You are more than welcome to hit on me there. But... Well, I think of, like... Hours, like the know? drug
0: reps always kind of come to mind there is because that was it's less of a thing nowadays but it was really big in the early 2000s is that that's what you it's would do it's
4: still big yeah no it it's definitely big. is
0: but i know they've cracked down a little bit
4: they, they put huge restrictions on what they can do like you're not gonna a can only be directed to a physician's office and people working there, like you can't take a doctor and his wife and his kids out to dinner. You can't fly them out to Hawaii or anything like that. Um, but I was surprised most of the people in it are like 40 to 50 year old women. It, it's not like hot young 20 year olds in like pencil skirts that are there like, you should buy Monjaro. Like, no, it, it's like older moms that do it as like a job because it's flexible and travel around the area. And just like come in and they have lunch with the doctor and they're like you should buy your drug and they're like okay why should i buy yours and they kind of go back and forth and they're like yeah i still like what i have better and they're like all right we'll be back in two months to try to convince you
3: again yeah i mean moms are still hot
4: but, you know. i didn't i'm not we'll leave it <laughs> off
0: air <Yeah>. after <laughs> see matt and i <laughs>
4: i'm married
3: anyways nope. now that we've touched everyone here well, actually I mean, anyways now that we've touched on sexism in the workplace and also all of the marketing things um should we talk about what we do for fun
0: i have lots what of fun things i want to go through because i don't want to interrupt you guys do you mind if we take a quick halftime for a bathroom break and then get back into it yeah sweet be sure. our all right we're back okay so I did want to ask, Lyle, what is your take on the Bud Light thing?
1: That's a large <laughs> question.
0: I know. Um, I don't mean to drop that on you. We've we've talked about it like 100 times, yeah. and I ran it by the
3: – We've never talked about it. I
0: thought we did. I'm pretty sure we had a quick conversation about it. No. Really?
3: Yeah. Oh. Because I would a take, and I know for sure if we would have talked about it, I would have remembered because
1: – but Lyle, this is your moment.
0: Great. Fresh thoughts.
1: Um, I think it is stupid that it's even a thing, um, from a, I, I guess from a political standpoint, I think it's stupid, um, that just the fact that they have an influencer who just happened to be transgender talked about their brand, um, is getting exploded. What it is. But at the same time, who drinks Bud Light is the Deep South folks, you know, and that's just the America we we live in, right? So I guess, am I surprised? Yes, but no. But I I guess,
0: I don't know. Well, forgetting the emotions behind it, like you should, I I feel like. It seems so simple. Like You should have the wherewithal to look at it and say that my my typical customer for this product is probably not going to like what we're doing. There couldn't... Silver, your hands are together. You're ready. Just go. Forget what I'm saying. Just go.
3: Okay, so there are beers that I would say, like, okay, maybe marketing team didn't really think this through. Like, maybe their marketing team was making a statement, et cetera, et cetera. Bud Light is not one of those beers. And the reason I'm saying that is because Bud Light's ran pride campaigns every year for at least the past decade you look that up that's whatever also Bud Light is owned by Anheuser-Busch and Anheuser-Busch has multiple beers that they don't do that with their brand like Coors Light or Miller Light, which are statistically the deep south beer or like a Bush Light Light
1: supports you know there's Uh, there's
3: gay rights and pride campaigns for all of these brands but I think that the way they do them is less social media or has been less social media based, having like a influencer who is like already got like, I'm trying to like tiptoe here, but the reality is I think it's, I think grow up. Like, I'm sorry that someone you don't like drinks the beer you like. I think it's like grow up, get over it type of situation. Um, yep. And I think in, in from a mark, but from a marketing standpoint, I don't think Bud Light was trying to make a statement. I think they were doing what they always do, which is support the community. And they've done it in other ways by renting out the largest floats in Tampa Bay Pride, you know what I mean? Buying floats at any other gay pride festival. Having a rainbow aluminum can for Pride Month,
1: you know? it's. I I think they were trying to expand their market base. Um, yeah, and they didn't realize they were going to alienate their biggest market base in the process. Right.
3: I just think that and with that
1: being said you know yes money talks but what's more powerful to say like this is not right versus um you know tiptoeing around it like i you know look at what like ben and jerry's did when you know the whole george Floyd thing happened yep. right so it's like that brand took a stand yeah you know, whether or not they but like meant to take a stand or not like they became the poster child of it right so yeah. by supporting that they they acknowledge that they they're fine with that and whether or not that alienates their customer base is their decision their yeah,
3: you know it's a yeah i also think that there's something to be said about like when the situation like occurred and john i know you have other questions so after this I'll drop it but um like i don't think that like when they were like Screw Bud Light. I'm never drinking this beer again. They didn't, I don't think they fully understood. Like, when you don't want to drink Bud Light, you're saying that you don't support Anheuser Busch, which owns it's basically a monopoly, all these other beers. So I think that, like, your split, the like the split judgment was to hate this beer, which don't drink Bud Light. Honestly, Miller Light is probably just as good. Um, in my opinion. I'm gonna get hate more for that than anything else I've said ever um you
4: know what the funny thing is they're all the same yeah,
3: they're so,
4: all the same to your point silver like everybody's like I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore I'm switching to this instead and the people are so ignorant they don't understand that a either that company also runs pride campaigns yeah or B. do you know what the number two beer is in the U.S. right now that's about to take over Anheuser-Busch about to beat out Bud Light it's Modelo, and do you know who owns Modelo? It. It, it's owned by Grupo Modelo, which is owned by ABN Bev and Anheuser Busch. So the money's going into the same pocket. It's not yeah. going anywhere different. Well, yeah. And like you said, it's mostly a monopoly because so Anheuser Busch, even though even owns South Africa South African brewing Miller Coors internationally, they own in it everywhere but the U.S. They couldn't buy it the U.S. due to monopoly laws. So. Coors in the U.S. isn't Anheuser-Busch, but Coors anywhere else in the world is Anheuser-Busch. So the money's going in their pockets no matter what. That was
0: the only thing I was going to clarify, was I'm not totally, fully, probably disagreeing, but just that Molson Coors has their own weird little section. And so they are, okay. they're... But they're not... It's like well, it's like arguing that it's like arguing for or against a specific gasoline company. It doesn't really matter. They all talk and they all control the industry. You have to understand that it's the same concept.
3: All press is big press.
1: It, yeah, yeah I, I completely look what happened to the Peloton, right? So they had the whole like um, commercial where the the husband was like telling the wife to to work out, right? And then COVID happened, and then their sales went, you know after after that things got a little like weird with in terms of their sales. But like they became a household name overnight because of that. And then when COVID happened, sales went through the roof. Yeah. Um so I I completely agree. You know, there's no such thing as bad press. Yeah. And then I'll I was also gonna say too like when you think about the Super Bowl commercial that was last year that was between uh Miller Light, Cooler's Light and Blue Moon, right? It was just like Who's fighting over this beer or whatever. And then at, you know, then you realize after you do the research that the same company owns all three brands. So it's like free advertising for all three brands instead of just having Miller light commercial. It just kinda shows that, you know, it there's so much overlap in some of these conglomerates.
2: Um You're cons-
3: and so my point is I don't know for sure. There's no way to know for sure. But I think the marketing a company Whoever does the marketing for Anheuser-Busch as a whole, Bud Light specifically, knew exactly what they were doing. Did they look at it? Really? Did somebody look at it and think, like, this could blow up in our face, but even if it blew up in our face, could it be good for us? I don't know if they specifically were maliciously, like, it's going to blow up and this person's going to get so much hate for this. But I think, like, there's no way you don't think, like, I'm going to take this jump and the worst case scenario would at least make us a household name, which we already are one and the brand is established, but we have all these other brands that they could boycott and go to. You know you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's like a specific...
1: I, I respectfully think that coming from someone who's in a big company, um, I don't think and this is assuming a lot of things, I don't think they, they necessarily knew what was going to happen. Um, because oh, when, you're, you know, when you're in that big of a company, it's so siloed in what each team does. So there could be a social team that's in charge of the social influencers who decided to partner. Um, and it's like, and the legal team or whoever, um, and the brand team didn't know they were going to do that, right? With that being said, I believe I think uh, they haven't really backtracked on on anything which kind of shows where they they kind of stand which I applaud them for and you know to your point um Matt I think you you said this is like their their sales aren't like hurting it's just like shifting between brands so really from like a big scheme of things it's just
4: press that was, yeah. that was my big question Go ahead, Matt. They switched back over to the traditional branding of Clydesdales and Golden Retrievers, though. Like, they started rolling that out heavy as soon as, like, this became... Yeah,
3: because the they want to establish that to the people there.
0: Well, so here's my big yeah. question. How long does it last? Because we have hamster... We have goldfish memories at this point. Like, we literally don't remember what happened one year from today. We used to be good about this, but I I don't think we're going to remember this a year from now. And it seems it like...
3: Depends if something else happens.
0: Something else on their end, or something else elsewhere in the world.
3: I think it depends. You know, like he was saying with the Peloton thing, and then COVID happened, and now Peloton's like a house, like sales skyrocket. Yeah, you know what I mean. It
0: was a very happy event for them.
3: <laughs> I mean, it, you just don't know. You just don't know.
0: Right.
2: Marketing, what, Chelsea? I don't think marketing forgets Nah. No, we don't forget.
0: Marketing doesn't. Cause but I still the remember the
2: Pepsi, the Pepsi commercial.
1: With yeah. Like the Jenner uh, girl. So, but does that make you, I guess, remember, I don't it drink Pepsi anyways, it in, well, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is remembering it versus letting it influence your purchase behavior, two different things. Yeah. yeah. when you yeah. think of soda, do you think of Pepsi because of that commercial? just an example versus, versus Coke. It's probably Coke, because Coke is Coke. But, uh,
3: um, But when I think Kendall Jenner, I definitely think about Pepsi.
2: That's true. But also, I'm not a,
3: I guess I also don't really follow the family,
2: though. So maybe, like, that's why.
3: I don't know if it's a bad thing. I mean, my point is, like, obviously, it's Pride Month right now, and, like, we always offer to our clients to, like, post about Pride Month. But last year, we posted about Pride Month for one of our clients, and it got, real bad like the client themselves okayed it was full support not good things happened the post had to come down that's fine um but like now going into things like that I know better than to just be like it's gonna be fine if you're okay with it it's gonna be fine like I have to like take into account the demographic which I in hindsight 2020 I should have taken into account the demographic of like where I was posting and who I was targeting um
2: people hating what happened on to us
4: are they hating on pride um, car washes i thought i have to fund it was like the rainbow colored soap as it goes over your car
3: <laughs> no it wasn't a car wash. that's a um, knee slapper i did have yeah it wasn't a car wash but i also posted one of our one of our car wash owners is jewish so we posted for a jewish holiday and somebody commented some really anti-semitic like just horrible things on that post and that also had to you can't like delete, you can delete Instagram or Facebook comments and Instagram comments, but Facebook, it does like, let them know that it was deleted. And that sometimes upsets them worse. I've also learned that lesson the hard way. Don't just go deleting comments cause you don't like them. So you can it, hide them. You can hide them and only their followers will see, will see them. But at the end of the yeah. day, like something extremely racist needs to just come.
0: yeah the whole thing just, the, the anti-semitic thing anti- is like the oldest shit ever I feel like of all the things that people haven't gotten over <laughs> we we ha- we fought a fucking world war over it at this point yeah. like that that's like the one that I think everyone should be able to agree on like you can argue whatever you want to argue that's the one where you just don't really want to argue it doesn't there's no gain there is no benefit to you throwing your hat in that ring I've never understood it. And granted, I was born in 1997, so so I don't know. I get that. I don't know. I just... I don't know. That's always seemed easy. Like, that seems like the easiest landmine to avoid. Just don't be an asshole to these people who went through so much. Uh,
1: When it comes down to it, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. There's the internet, and people love just being an asshole. It's
0: so easy. Oh, it's so easy on the internet, too.
1: Which... Uh, brings me to the question I want to ask is Have you guys noticed on social that the first comment or the first like couple comments set the vibe for the entire? Um, Always. The comment chain? You can usually tell. Because, yeah, right? yeah, well, yeah, too. And I feel like people, when they see a negative comment, they're like, Oh, yeah, that, that's totally right. I agree. Versus like seeing a positive comment, they're like, Oh, well, if they like, completely and it's like, oh, well, everyone else is thinking, otherwise they're like, oh, well, everyone else is saying it's okay, so it's okay. Because um, when well, we, um, oh, go ahead. I
2: have, like, I was.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say an anyway. example, an example of that is at Winn-Dixie, we rolled out uh, our mascots, the the Win-Win Twins, if you guys don't know, them, it won't hurt my feelings, but it's okay. Um and like I were... like,
3: know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Oh really? I made the Win Win Twins. You did? Was... No kidding. Yeah. Really? Yes. I'm texting my mom twins. right now. <laughs> sorry. You're famous. Um we can talk about that in a second. Um but like whenever we posted the Win-Win Twins video, I would get everyone that I knew to comment on the video to set the vibe of the uh the comment chain, otherwise it would go down this like, oh, this commercial is so stupid, blah blah blah. Um, but if you are able to get some co- positive comments in there, it like sets the vibe and it like shuts people down. So it like completely helped.
0: Lyle, have or you anyway. have you seen the uh, the meme with the guy who's zipping up the hazmat suit and he goes through the door and on the the section of the door at the top it says the comments section. That's my favorite. I can
1: imagine
0: that. I'll send it to so. you after. It's this nice guy. He's like he's like zipping up this suit, putting everything on. He's very serious. <laughs> and he walks through a double doors and up top in the double doors it says comment section. <laughs> like every time, every time I see any kind of a political meme or anything like that, I think of that meme. I'm like, don't go in. Don't go into the thousand comments. Don't do it. It's going to hurt you. It's bad for you. Don't touch it. So... It's poisonous.
3: I actually want a couple of books. and exactly what you're describing happens. Now I also run TikTok for my company, for my agency. We post whatever we want, you know, it's it's kind of a fun time, and also we get no no interaction. Except for we posted this dumb TikTok, and immediately we got like four or five hate comments. And I was off the, I was drinking, and I had the, the work phone, so I had the TikTok logged in, and so I just started like trolling them back a little bit. (laughs) And the second I started like responding, but not in a mean way. Like they were saying like, mean shit, like marketing agency with only 40 likes. I'm like, you don't want to be 41, sad face? Like I was trolling them in like a positive way,
1: not in a negative way. Like a, uh, like a uh, Taco Bell vibe.
3: Well, like a Wendy's. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was what I was trying to emulate. And that TikTok ended up popping off for us, which is like 20K views, like 600 likes, which is like good for like an agency with only 40 followers that now has over a hundred. So, and it was like the, I don't, it's so niche. It's like the Lorax TikTok trend. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, I'm not going to explain it cause that's so embarrassing. I have to do that for work. I'm not going to do that here. Do it, but... do the roar. <laughs> No. And so like, I found that like responding though, in a positive way, made other people start responding in a positive way. Like I was like, this is mean. And then I commented fuel hate or hate fuels us. And like someone responded, it was like, yeah, everyone has to start somewhere. And it was like, because I changed the narrative, it switched the comment section from all negative to positive, you know, So except for the
1: inappropriate You, you raise a good point. So like community management is Absolutely huge, and I feel like it is absolutely overlooked in a lot of companies, uh, especially in the the common section is social. Like it's very much set it and forget it in a lot of different industries and, and companies. But I mean, you're like prime example of by managing those community relations helps a drive performance, but b helps you know set the narrative, which is yeah. which is so important.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's
1: also not quantifiable. So it's like really hard for companies to say, I should invest in this. You know,
3: you are preaching to the choir because I'm trying to sell clients. Right. And it's like, well, how, what's my return on investment? And I'm like, happy people. Everyone, not to hate you. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy your business because, you know, we have clients that are like, we're putting this on a shelf and we're leaving it. Like that's it. And then we have some clients that like see value in like us being person to person, I answer reviews by hand, which is like an, an intense service. And we do charge like a lot for it, but like, it's so important to have that connection with your customer. And can I quantify that? No, can I say that this many people now go to your car wash because I responded to somebody on Google? No, but does it happen that way? Yes. You know what I mean? What's the first thing you do when you look up a restaurant, you look at the Google reviews and if they're bad and people are responding and saying like, we're so sorry, this happened. Come in for a free entree. Like you might be inclined to actually go Saying, I feel like I'm preaching the choir actually. So yeah. Anyways, John Cole.
0: Well, I see it mostly from the outside too, because I don't look at reviews at all, but like comment sections, I get sucked in. That's the issue. And comment sections are so negative and they actually hurt me because I'll, like, I, I'm the kind of guy where I'm sort of just positive and I like everyone, which is not good in sales because you end up liking people that do shitty things, but it is what it is. And so if you open up a comment section, you're not going to see all positive things. You're going to see a weird reflection of maybe 10% of what the actual population thinks. And then you're going to see a whole bunch of spam and a whole bunch of trolls and a bunch of people that are really sad about themselves and don't know what they're doing. Twitter, on the other hand, is very interesting. You can pretty quickly point out who the trolls and who the real people are on Twitter, which is why I like it. So if someone says something, so, so good example, one of the guys I like, his name's Nick Huber, and he is interesting in that he is an engagement king. He absolutely knows how to get people to engage. And I don't think he's a shitty person. I think he's probably a pretty fine man. He's got three kids and a wife. They do a whole lot of outdoor stuff. He's making a lot of money. He's a pretty active guy. He checks all the boxes, but he does some things that you could argue are not perfect. He uses VAs from the Philippines, pays them five to 10 bucks an hour, which is not a living wage in America, but that's a fortune in the Philippines. And all you really have to do is tweet that statement and people will engage and tell you how bad of a person you are. That's about all you have to do. And he does. And it works.
3: So are you saying like that's like good, like, all press is good press like i'm confused what's the point
0: i don't know what my point is i was kind of working it out there um my my point is mostly that there's different ways of doing good and bad things and we have to be we're we're still figuring it out like we don't know the internet's fucking new it's like 20 years old
3: yeah
4: i mean the comment sections are like seeing a car wreck on the highway you're going to open it up and you're going to look as you go past. It's so and hard it's going to not to slow look. down you and everybody behind you. It's kind of like it narrows the road down to a degree. And you look, and 99% of the people don't interact and they keep going. But I get, the 1% to 10% that you talked about, John, that hop on and they join yell.
0: They just yell at the car wreck. They're like, why are you slowing down traffic, you piece of shit? Like, why are you doing this? What is that going to change?
1: They crashed already. Like, what? <laughs> Well, I mean, you'll be scrolling through TikTok, right? And then you watch a video, and then you look at the comments. It's like, ooh, these comments did not pass the vibe check. (laughs) (laughs) They killed (laughs)
0: killed the entire vibe all the way.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) It always blows me away, too. And so um, do any of you follow, like, white people humor on Instagram? Kevin Flynn is just the ultimate engagement king. He is so good at the memes, and he's always got thousands of comments on all his posts.
4: I find it interesting. You know, one thing that I've seen recently is people like flooding comments of some posts with something totally unrelated. Like one of the things that was happening on Twitter was everybody was hating on UBA bank, which is like a bank of like South Africa or something. Really? And they're like, I don't know what the point of it is. It's engagement, if it's a bot thing or whatever else, but I've seen it for multiple companies now where it's just like people put the most random comments, like UBA Bank, you burnt down my house, killed my family, and uh, slaughtered my dog. And then, like, UBA Bank responds with their typical, like, corporate thing. Like, we're so sorry. Feel free to reach out to our number at blah, 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 blah. And, like, and it's just comments go on like that forever and ever. And I don't know if it's just, like, a bot thing where, like, they got the people, like, they scheduled these comments to occur to, like, get the company more known. Or if it's, like, people are just doing it for fun. Like, it's a teenager thing, which I could see, like, 12-year-olds doing this. But I don't know.
0: Yeah, marketing people chime in, but it seems to me that that would be people trying to get engagement off of other people they know they get views from.
3: Hate hate gets views. So, I mean, bots are totally a thing, but
1: hate gets views. Ooh, That's That's why Trump exists. I'll just say
0: that. Wait, since what exists?
1: That's why Trump exists.
3: Literally, yeah. literally—that's his whole brand. Well, it's just the same ridiculous shit, so that it gets picked up by media. It's po- his whole brand, sorry. And, and no, a lot of
0: gosh. the other politicians have picked up on it. Yeah. There's a lot. So again, we don't try. We try not to do political shit in this podcast, but I think I'm fine. You in- can
3: walk it back. Anything you say, you can walk it back. Silver,
0: I only got halfway through my statement. The other half, of my statement was. Uh, Doing your thing. Yeah. I get that. I see you. I see you. But all right. The whole, the other part of my statement was that, yes, I think I'm well within my rights of no political talk saying that every goddamn politician on the planet has pulled that model and is just doing it. It's yeah. crazy.
3: Well, there's that like TikToker. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but he likes it. Yes. Sour. I do. Yes. Thank you. you. Know exactly and you I knew you
0: would. Which one? I hate to give a shout out, but which one? I can't remember his name. I
1: was actually looking that up.
3: Yeah, let me know if you find it. But he like sits down and he like tells you what's happening um, in Congress and like what's happening with like the debt ceiling and like how they're going to fix it. And he has said, like, there are politicians, specifically Republican ones. And he was like, he's like unbiased and I think he's Republican. Do you have the name? Uh,
1: Jeff Jackson. Yep. Uh, he is very, he doesn't say what party is it he is. He's democratic, um, Mm. I looked it up, but he makes it, he doesn't put any kind of political spin on anything, but all he does is just explain what's going on in his perspective as being a new person and him not being a thousand years old is just like a thousand points in the right direction. Um, and the fact that he's just like vocalizing some of this stuff.
3: Yeah, and he had, like, mentioned that, like, there are politicians that, like, for the cameras will be egregious, but then when the cameras aren't around, they're, like, normal human beings. Yeah. Um,
0: That's not a new conversation, though. No,
3: but it's, like, interesting to hear, like, I know this, like, there's no way, like, in my brain, when I see somebody say something aggressive, like Donald Trump, sorry, I'm using him as the, the example, there's no way he actually feels that way. He's just doing it to get a reaction. Um... And I thought maybe I was ignorant for feeling that way for the longest time. And then it's somebody like him who comes on and is like, no, I'm a part of this conversation and I can back that up. That, that is fact that I just think is important for people to recognize. Cause I think some people think that they're the same, no matter what. That's not just for money.
1: And, you know, speaking about like comment sections, like if you read through all of his comments, it's, you know. Thank you for being so transparent. You know, some people are like, I'm conservative and I watch your videos because you just speak the truth and it's not so, you know, polarized. Um, And it's just, people love just hearing real people talk. I think he is a prime example of doing that in a political landscape. Yeah. With that being said, you know, we don't
0: well, want to talk to stuff, no, no, no! I don't want to. I don't want to stop you from saying anything, unless well, you're uncomfortable doing it. It's just up to you. But what what I wanted to say was that I think our generation's pretty red pilled on the whole. Like, we we've seen it for long enough that we know that everyone kind of does it, and we're sick of it, and we really gravitate towards people that actually act like humans. Yeah, I just
3: I struggle to like name that. Like, name one politician that you think acts like a human. I
0: think they're all bought. I think I was, so then that's my personal thing. So don't, I mean, if you're going to jump on someone, don't jump on a party, jump on me. But I, it just really seems like everyone is bought. It's just, I mean, I'm
3: on your, I'm on your side there. Like,
1: yeah, I think the mass, 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 mass majority of politicians on both sides are playing the game. Right. Yeah, I think so too. It... And to a certain degree, you know, Jeff Jackson is playing the game, right? He is uh, appealing to his, you know, target audience and he's doing something that no one else is doing, so he's appealing to the folks. Now, at the same time, do do people appreciate that? I do. Um, but you know, it politi- politics and politicians are all about appealing to the masses. Um, yeah. and and everyone does it differently.
3: I actually almost disagree. I think right now politics is about appealing to the extremes. I think they think that's what turns over votes. I think that's what they think turns over like mass consumption of like whatever ideals they're pushing that uh, feed their agenda. Um, And, but I agree with you that the mass majority of people are actually very normal, very level headed, very like willing to see both sides and also not. Proclaim one or the other because, just because, no, with no facts. Um,
4: so, I, think... I have a question. Yes. Why does Bud Light get canceled for having one influencer that supports Pride? But the politicians can literally say anything well, on the wild, far end of the spectrum, and the majority of their groups still stick with them. So, baby, I've got an answer.
1: Because <laughs> the, I would say, I get to go first because I'm a guest. I guess, but like, I would say that um, it's because it makes a good news story. Is why
0: Lyle stole it out of my mouth. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what I was gonna say.
3: But shouldn't the
2: majority
4: still cancel them?
2: Um, No, Chelsea. What did you have something? Are you guys talking about like companies getting away with saying stupid shit or politicians?
3: specifically the whole Bud Light thing. Like, why did they get canceled? Um, And nobody come out and support them. I think people did, I think people did support Bud Light. I just think that radically hate wins over support on social media.
4: Well, that's Um, more meaning that like, why politicians get away with it, whereas companies can't. Because companies get canceled so fast, but a politician can say really, really wild things and get away with it and keep rolling, which it didn't use... And like small, little things would get a politician canceled, they'd be and off the circuit. Well,
1: let's get it. nowadays,
4: they can push to right. the extremes and it gets more okay. people towards them.
1: So uh, oh.
4: I was, I was
2: just gonna say, like, I, I worked in Congress and I worked in the New York City Council, those politicians, they're not, it's different. You can hate a company because that has a service, that has a product that a lot of people can choose to now stop purchasing, burn, whatever, go crazy on social media. You can do that with a politician, but it's not gonna have the same impact because one, if they are a city or Congress politician, at least, they are most likely within their community, like literally in it. And they have that kind of relationship with their constituents that they're going to vote for them either way. I've seen it live, I've seen it in person. I worked for a Republican that I did not agree with, but it was the only position that you're really gonna find in Florida as a Republican and um you they will do really stupid things but there's also some really good things they do that you don't know about and then those constituents will back them up besides the stupid things
3: yeah what chelsea's saying Always. is they get paid regardless they'll get paid regardless of what they say and half the time what they're saying is pushing the agenda to make sure they get
2: paid
0: is that what she was yeah. saying chelsea you look right. like you might disagree
2: well no cause, i mean they're well, not they're not, get, they're not getting paid well politicians the, the, get their annual salary and that's it and they right. do some of them get endorsements but they're not supposed to so they do it kind of like in this roundabout way because you're not supposed to get like literally by law they're not supposed to get endorsements during like they um they don't need certain to. parts of their campaign right they do insider in trading. <laughs> In this, in this, ki- right, insider trading. All but of in them In this them comparison,
3: do. like, Bud Light could lose a whole bunch of money. And I know we just right. talked about Bud Light owns, or Anne Bush owns everything. So, like, are they losing it, really? But, like, the goal of people boycotting Bud Light because they openly accept a transgender person as a representative of Bud Light, using your quotes here, Um, like is to stop buying their products so that they lose money, to hurt them. But when a politician, like there's like, obviously you can get voted out of office, but like there's caps. What, Matt?
4: So to do the same thing, could I go in and like tank Nancy Pelosi's stocks by (laughs) losing the stock market that she's so invested in to tank the uh, politicians? That's what
1: happened with uh, GameStop.
0: You're already behind. You
1: just need enough people.
0: That's the issue. You're already way behind. They're influencing the laws. They get a big jump on you.
2: Yeah, but politics marketing is very different from commercial politics marketing. I
3: think Chelsea is the one that says it. Like, if you want to like, what is it? Chelsea, correct me, please. You say like the politics of now are like in the past, like you're voting now
2: for politics of the future. What do you say? Come on. No, whatever you're voting for now, is in the past Your politics they're not going to be able to help you in the future because they're still trying to fix what was wrong yesterday yes that the person before them already screwed up and that's the problem with politics i absolutely hated it i got to create like five bills in new york while i was working there and it's fun but it's also a lot of research on why you need these bills and it's because every person before us fucked up So we're not fixing the future, we're fixing what just got messed up and we're trying to maybe be a little bit more pre, like proactive instead of reactive.
3: It's like when people say politicians promise things and never follow through. It's like,
2: they're trying. Yeah. And I mean, I've worked for both parties. I've worked for Democrat and I've worked for Republican. The Democrat one was more constituent focused, which I thought was very interesting. The Republican one was more financial focused, but I feel like that aligns with what their focuses are when it comes to campaigns and things like that.
4: To redirect this in a fun way, what career path of people do you think would do better than lawyers or career politicians at leading our country? Who do- should fill the role instead if everybody's screwing it up right now? I don't, I don't think anyone's good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone sucks.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to, like, I can't imagine trying to lead a country. Everyone hates you. Remember? You yeah. can't be doing your absolute best, and everyone's still probably so, going to hate you. So, so you through, can't make everyone happy. Throughout
0: history, the yeah. people that did the best were the ones that were conquering other countries and committing mass murder. That's not a viable career path for most people, nor is it encourageable.
2: Boy. Hey, Theodore gave us a bunch of national parks. Okay. Yeah, and he was also. He the did one... take them from the Indians, actually. It's a little bit of a dark history on how we got the national parks. But
1: about to we say, have a bunch
2: of national parks now. And some Native he... Americans are actually getting careers in national parks now, which I find very interesting because that means when you go to a national park, you'll be able to learn more of the real history and not what they were fake teaching you in school. And he
0: took the good old boys up to Cuba and shot a bunch of people.
2: Well, Cuba's kind of messy.
0: There was still conquering involved. I
2: wouldn't really bring them in. All
0: the best (laughs) leaders. What you're saying
4: is is the best politicians are serial killers and park rangers.
0: What I'm saying is that there is an excellent book called Leadership Secrets of Attila the Hun. It's very short, and I was so doubtful until I read it. And then I was like, oh, what he's saying makes sense. And the problem that it creates is that all of the good leaders in history have been conquerors because they're strong. They understand things. And good societies are growing and conquering and consuming. We haven't figured out how to not exist in that environment yet, because we don't exist there yet. We've settled the world. We're good. We don't know how to do it. Silver, you're giving me doubtful looks.
2: Sorry, I don't think we've settled the world. We, yeah.
0: Well, there's no there, at all. What I mean is that there's no fresh land to conquer. So
4: we're no. So that
3: so the there one, wasn't like fresh the land to
4: conquer then either. It was also someone else's
1: land that just got taken.
3: And yeah.
2: I think we could all He's agree, saying Richard, that it's it's. All that.
1: There's people, it, every piece of land has been settled. Not not necessarily it's been conquered from someone else or not. Lyle's so correct
3: because it's settled. They have nothing else to do. Is that what you're
2: saying? No.
1: There's nothing. There's not the new world. Like the maps already discovered. been drawn. There's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's space and un, under the sea that's undiscovered.
0: Have you guys ever played uh, Catan?
1: like
0: everyone... Catan. You don't I like Catan? Catan?
2: Why? I love Catan. Me too. I do win that game all the time. That's a fun strategy. Silver, so get it together.
0: Lyle, have you played Catan? no what's that? you'd like it so it's Board really games. fun strategy
2: it's a game very i win. never win a Catan, a Catan. oh it's so much fun. I, you need to get it together i have it on my switch and everything um you basically like make little towns and you have to connect roads and you have to like own land or i think it's whoever gets you have to get 10 points and it's like houses cities and street not streets you don't really get points for road but Basically, you, you have to overtake the board. T- you t- trade with you know,
1: civilization.
0: TLDR, yes, yes. civil civilization in a board game and simplified. You, oh,
3: and you build with resources without the fighting. Yeah, There's no fighting. You trade resources, so like four. There's four no three.
2: barbarians.
0: Well, um, in the expansions no, there the are, but you're the base game are
2: barbarians for sure. Yes, silver. So, sure. You had a bad shot. experience. You can get really into this game. It does take a couple hours to win. It's, it's a, like a monopoly it's in that a sense.
0: Good two hours. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I
3: last time I played Catan was with two of my very, well, two of my very favorite people, but they're also like out of pocket, you know? (laughs) So they were saying shit. I was like, I can't play with you guys. Anyways, I can't say
2: Catan. Does this mean I can't play
1: Catan when you come over? No. Well, next time you play, uh, I need an invite so I can come over.
0: I would love... To make that happen, next time in Matt's place, we're all hanging out. We should do that. Catan's a very fun game. You really get to know how someone performs in competition.
3: <laughs> it's like Monopoly, yes. but
1: worse yeah. in a lot of ways. It stuff. draws it. the worst Matt out, moves out of everyone. Into something bigger than a closet. Uh, <laughs> we can we can go over there. Hey hey oh. hey! We are
4: getting an apartment. We're getting four hundred more square feet. <laughs> Where are we? Oh. So hey, we have like six hundred right now. This is like a shoebox that we live in. Like you see. Ninety percent of the apartment in the back of my screen
0: right now, and and it looks good because you're in it. Oh,
4: you're so cute. That's probably because Erica's here. That's
0: so why I look better. Erica always looks good. It's you that I have the questions about. But all right.
3: I love when the dog jumps up on the couch back part of your couch. Remy's just, adorable. Uh, Remy's
0: so adorable.
3: That's Everybody a, likes to that's hang
4: a, up behind the cushions and sit there while I study. So she doesn't stay there. You She's got care. nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Dude, I love how oh, Lyle's giving the shit. I love it. <laughs> I know Well, he came to my apartment this past weekend because he was down here and they're like, Oh, I can see the whole thing from the door. <laughs> like, I was
3: like, it's well, all right. You You're a homeowner. He, he is. is. I love
4: he's a one percenter with his homeowner oh i love okay. it okay.
3: oh so okay. you're rich rich you got that oh no money.
1: oh no
4: <laughs> well so
1: I'm just a uh we're just a dink dual income no kids <laughs> got it nothing
0: that's wrong with the it, i just
4: got a sugar mama to take care of me because i'm just racking up debt instead oh.
0: yeah you're a long-term investment is what you are
4: I that's gonna I keep telling erica is that i'm an investment she doesn't believe me yet but we'll get there eventually <laughs>
0: It's a good thing you're really good looking. All right, so um what I did so Lyle, you're pretty well traveled. That's and we're we're running up against our time. We got, you know, 10:50. Actually, we get as long as you want, but probably don't want to use too much of your time. You're pretty well traveled. I want to talk to you some about like the places you've been, what you like, all that kind of stuff. Just cuz I think it's fun.
1: Uh professionally, um I I've, I've been up to, to New York. Um, I, I love New York. I think it's a, it's a great place to visit. Um, so visit a couple of different agencies up there. Um, it's just a completely different vibe and, and, an area. Um, From Florida, yeah. recently, uh, recently for, for, you know, went to California for, for Google, um, went to Portland, uh, for, for work. Um, have been to Atlanta for work. Um, but um, for pleasure, uh, me and my wife just went to the Grand Canyon, which was uh, absolutely phenomenal, um, and did a lot of sightseeing and, and things like that. It's um, awesome. Um, but we stayed in in Sedona area, and it's just like, We were driving because you have to fly into Phoenix in order to like, get to the Grand Canyon, you can't just like fly into the Grand Canyon. Um, so we like ran in a car and like drove up there and it's just like coming from a Florida boy who, you know, has seen just like flat land normally, just the fact that, you know, you see mountains is like crazy. Um, I'd say I haven't seen a mountain before. Like I've been up in, in, you know, other areas of the country, but like, it was the first time, like, I saw, like, a big fucking cactus, right, like, it's, like, huge, it's, like, you know, like, it's, like, like, a real cigar, yeah, like, oh my god, like, these are real, <laughs> uh, it's, like, it, you're just, like, on a totally different planet, and just in our drive from Phoenix to the Grand Canyon, you go from so many different, like, um, geomes, right, so you go from, like, desert desert where it's like flat plains so like you're going through um you know a cactus field and then you go up into a mountain and there's you know greenery and then you go up you know further um um in elevation and there's like big evergreens like you're in washington state or something like that um and then you go back down and you're back in the desert it's just like very very wild um i love the the west
0: so the west is so different from florida and i chelsea you spent time in california right yeah yeah i definitely thought you had i don't know if anyone else has but like i've never been out there and that's a place i've always wanted to get out to if only because my family is from pittsburgh pennsylvania so like we get the mountains and the crappy weather and then you get the florida which is flat with beautiful weather but i've never had the in-between which is the beautiful nice dry you get a little bit of everything and i've always wanted to see it i mean if you didn't have to, if not didn't have to, if you had to live somewhere other than beautiful Florida, where would you go? Me? Personally, yeah. Forget money, um, like none of that. Just just total lifestyle.
1: I don't know. I hate the cold. So too. anywhere that's not cold. Uh, um, oh, maybe like something. Maybe Southern California, Southern Texas, something like that. But
2: uh, um, does it have to be America?
0: I could be wherever you want. You've been outside the country, right. haven't you? I would have sworn you guys yeah, traveled recently.
1: I, I've been to Europe Paris, uh, the UK. Um, I haven't really been to South America or anything like that, other than like cruises and things like that. I don't know. I
3: can't, yeah,
1: but, First, uh,
3: I don't really like Germany.
4: like actually what'd you think of of Europe like the Netherlands
3: the Netherlands oh but no Czechoslovakia, such a cool just cool to be there Prague Berlin a lot of places
0: I love Switzerland Mm -hmm. Basel was incredible
3: yeah personally though like speaking of like the Western front like uh, we did like ten days and we did like the the four corners you know what I mean um, and I'm lucky enough where my dad has like a small prop plane. So we like flew into tiny airports, like in Arizona. So we did fly into Phoenix, but like, we also did like littler airports. So we did, um, fly, oh, cool. we did do the Grand Canyon and like the Painted Desert, if you know what that is, or like Bryce Canyon, they're like smaller, not as famous canyons, but just as beautiful. Um, the Petrified Forest where like all the trees are like petrified. petrified. They're fossils. Ah rock but it's really cool like very cool like shit um it's hot it's so hot like here we deal with like the humidity so like we feel like it's hot but like until you feel like your skin's gonna burn off because it's like 110 degrees i don't know you know but california i spent a lot of summers in california because i have family out there so So, Southern california is one of my favorite places laguna beach or newport beach so i think the weather there is actually really nice year-round
0: that's what a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. well you know i think it's probably a good time to wrap lyle do you have anything else you want to ask or talk about
1: do you have fun uh no. other than i hope i get in back i had a lot of fun
0: dude I would love to. All right, so don't go anywhere whenever we tell you that we're leaving because I would love to wrap up with you after this. But I had so much fun. I am so thankful you're here. Matt, you set it up. You're the man, basically. Um, All this is awesome. So we'll do our wrap up and then we'll catch up after. But I'm really glad you got the mate. Like, I I had an awesome time. So I hope you did too. Yeah, likewise. Awesome.
2: All right, we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.